Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Um, we're here. We're back. Um, Matt and I, Studio 2. We're in the same room. It's such a luxury. I know we shouldn't bang on about stuff that you can't see, dear listener, but yeah. we've been isolated in different studios for a year. Into Waving yeah, through we, the glass. Yes. So to be sitting in the same little soundproof box, it's quite an yeah. exciting thing. Even though we have innovations, we have Perspex in front of us. Very good afternoon to all of you people out there. How are you doing on this champagne Sunday? It's pretty good out there. Uh-huh. It's nice. We're talking a bottle of Krug. Yeah. Top shelf Sunday. Maybe even one of those bottles of Cristal that the leader of the opposition used to enjoy so much with Dick <laughs> Pratt, apparently. Right. According to Malcolm Turnbull. You remember that? No. Uh, uh, okay. What was his name? I'm trying to remember the name of the opposition leader. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah. Google it, peeps. Yeah, Google it, peeps. I remember Temple said, yeah, you used to like getting in the crystals. You tucked your feet under the Pratt's table at uh, whatever the name of that house is that he lives at. I would have thought Malcolm Turnbull would be probably no stranger to a bottle of crystal himself. No, he was used to it. I think yeah. he was just alluding to other matters. But we digress instantly. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a place that's opening up in April. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to be visiting this with um, Thinking Drinking, although will we? Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Ponderous. Uh, I'm speaking of the Brunswick East uh, well, Aces Gin. You've got the, the name of the, the thing. Aces probably. Gin Distillery in Brunswick. In Brunswick. Yes. Uh, yes. And uh, we are going to be talking to the founders of that. Stephen's going to be on the line soon. To talk about a place, um, a safe place. Yes. A place of abstinence. And yet, deliciousness. Alcohol-free cocktails. And, and yet, mm. beautiful. Yeah. Sorry, you are, I've No, I was just saying alcohol-free cocktails. You and I were talking earlier, and I was like, this is a, a trend. This is a thing, I think, whose time has once again uh, arrived, as people might be looking at their intake and going, you know what? You know what? My liver hurts. It really does. <laughs> so maybe uh, if there were some delicious non-alcoholic options. Which there are. There are. And there are more and more. Yes. Like we have um, the uh, the makers of uh, um, beautiful drinks in bottles, non. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of them. I have, yes. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're around. Beautiful, beautiful packaging. Yes. Uh, the Heineken. Yes. In fact, I think most of the big brewers are now doing zero alcohol beer as an option. Yeah, and I've got to say, one of my favourite uh, YouTube people, Aussie Man, mm. <laughs> he's always banging on about, yeah, go out and have a mid-strength beer. <laughs> it's one of his his little sticks. Anyway, we're going to be talking to him about that. Uh, we've got a lovely, lively mm. market report with the star of the show. Yes. Big John. John. John from the market. Yep. Down there. Tomato City. After a pretty tumultuous couple of weeks at the market where they had to send vendors home. and Yeah, luckily he was on the right side of the road. Yeah, he one. was uh, unaffected, but others... Couldn't trade. He was on the bright side of the road. Um, Yes, so he was cool with that. And um, I've got a couple little – I've got a tasting for Matt to do and to talk about cultural traditions. You brought in food. I did. And I also brought in my third-born child. (laughs) I was going to – do you want to talk about that now? There is a (laughs) – I've given birth. There is a magnificent-looking loaf of bread – 
sitting here in the studio that I just assumed you had swung past a bakery and, and brought in, but no. Yeah, yeah. You you set the alarm early this morning. Yeah, because I had to bring the thing out of the out of the fridge. Yeah. Um, a while ago, we talked about this a while ago. I was uh, I poo pooed for mm. a long time this mm. whole sourdough thing. <laughs> what just in general, or the the COVID uh, trend of doing uh, it at home? Just that it was just so prevalent. You know, it yeah. just became such a big thing. Uh, that maybe the contrarian in me just went, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Until a good buddy of mine, um, Steve, uh, gave me some starter and he also actually cemented the deal by buying me a, one of those scrapers. So, oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, so it's like, oh, I've got to do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, named the starter Bertha. Mm. Um, had a first loaf about a week ago. Second loaf was a beauty. I gave that one away. Yes. Which I was very, very pleased to do because it, I think it gave some joy to the person I gave it to. Yes. And here it is, number three. And it um, it's it's a very handsome-looking loaf of bread. I know you can't see it. Oh, look at the good crispy bottom there you've got. Yeah, it's got – oh, it smells good. So, yeah, I'm going to have a ham sandwich later on today. With your own bread. With my own bread. And a side of smugness. And a side of – <laughs> You're self-satisfied. Yes, I've made this. Yes, come Everyone look at the bread I made. Hello. Yes, not that I'm showing off or anything. But, yeah, look, I get it. All right? I get yeah. it. It's, it is actually a really beautiful procedure. Did it make your house smell nice this morning? But it did. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, but, no, it's just – it's also – different from making yeast bread because you sort of you bung the yeast and it sort of comes to life but this is this thing i don't know it's a little bit like having a cat or something like that yeah you, know, you gotta look after you, it yeah. you gotta look after the yeah. thing you know feed the yes startup yes uh as anthony bourdain i'm paraphrasing bourdain uh yeah but it's just really beautiful when you yeah you mix it and you watch it rise and anyway it is a very lovely sensual yes process so to those that I have poo-pooed, I apologise <laughs> unreservedly and go, no, it's valid and it's great. 12.09, actually, let's face it, it's nearly 10 past. There's a couple items on the news. Which you, you've been watching the news feeds in Canada, as I know you pay very close attention to the international news feeds. I do, because but, I'm a man of the world. Right? Yes, <laughs> and this week something popped up on your from the Canadian Bureau. Uh, yes, from CBC. Um, well, no, it's not from CBC. Where did I pull this from? Oh, actually, this is from the BBC. I pulled this from, but it's mm. happening in Canada. Mm. Um, and um, this is where one of those things about the food supply, ecology, all those sort of things, and mainly mm. unintended consequences. Ooh. Yeah. Do tell. I'd love to. Um, the Canadian farmers have been advised, have been told actually, to stop feeding palm oil to cows after foodies claimed local butter had become harder due to the diet supplement. Ooh. So the reason um, the Dairy Farmers of Canada group has formed an expert panel. Yes, good, good, <laughs> excellent. Sorry, I had you wouldn't want amateurs right? at that table. <laughs> Have, have just trolled around and just got this guy who's a plumber. No, no, no. They've got expert panel to examine the matter and has asked milk producers to temporarily hold the practice. Uh, the problem is um, that the butter controversy comes amid a rise in demand for baking goods during lockdown. Yes, understandable. Understandable. And the Canadians have been 
dealing with COVID maybe not quite as successfully as we have here mm-hmm. in Australia, but um, they are. They yes. are. So anyway, the people at home. But the problem is that um, by adding um, palm-based uh, energy supplements to cow's feeds, it's apparently it's a decades-long old practice. I don't know if it's done here. Yeah, right. I really hope it isn't. And you'd assume they're just doing that because it's just cheap feed or just way to bulk out. Well, it bulks out. Uh, yeah. It increases the milk output of cows and increases the milk fat content. Which you would, oh, okay, great. Except actually it substitutes the milk fat content yes. for not just that, but palm fat, which yeah. which isn't quite as good for you uh, from a health point of view, for mm. your heart. Uh, but also the fact is that if you uh, make butter from this, this milk mm. with its upped uh, fat content, mm-hmm. you can't spread the stuff. It just stays hard. Yeah, because, you know, you see palm oil that you buy. It's, yeah. it's, it's a it's, big chunk it, of... It ain't oil, it's palm no. fat. Yes, most of the time, it ain't winterized. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, so and of course, they've called it Buttergate. <laughs> <laughs> took off earlier this month when Canadian foodies took to social media to express problems with too hard butter that would not melt at room temperature. It's a bloody butter cataclysm. Yes. So anyway, that was one. Um, but the other thing that I just thought I'd uh, bring, mm. and it's more to do with. Gender politics, mm. but it regards a tuba. A very famous tuba. Not a sousaphone. The most famous tuba. <laughs> the most famous tuba of all. With a pair of eyes and a beard. And a nose, and yeah. he speaks like the guy from Cheers. <laughs> yeah. I forget his name, but he's, uh, he's fantastic. The Cliff, Mr. Potato Head. Cliff Claven, he was the actor who played it. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, Cliffy. Cliffy from Cheers. Mm. Uh, Mr. Potato Head has been rendered gender neutral and has just become... Potato head. Potato so head. The potato, uh, the uh, the Mister formerly known as Mister Potato Head. However, mm-hmm. however, breaking news at twelve thirteen here on Sunday on the last day of February, last day of summer. Even. Hasbro's backflipped. Oh, really? Yeah. Have they on its gender neutral name changed from Mister and Mrs. Potato Head, saying the characters aren't going anywhere. Right. Sorry, did I? I sounded like ScoMo then. Jesus Christ, sorry. Sorry, that's, that might have scared the children. I'm sorry, kids. Um, toy giant Hasbro sparked outrage after revealing one of Toy Story's best-loved characters, Mr. Potato Head, yes. is no longer a male. Yes. However, the change was quickly ridiculed worldwide, and Hasbro has now released a statement claiming Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head aren't going anywhere. I said that before, didn't I? Uh, Hold the top, main spud isn't going anywhere. So, I don't know, It's that's a backflip. Acres of newsprint for no outcome. It's, you, a, it's a rocky <laughs> rocky road to progress. Can you say people. that again? What it's a, acres of newsprint for no actual change or outcome. You speak truth. Uh. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R, exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. I wanted to talk to you yes. about cultural traditions, Matt. Yes. Um, and, you know, we get passed down things. Yes. We learn how to cook. We hopefully learn how to cook from our parents and hopefully um, our parents inspire us to cook. Some aren't as good as that as cooking and... 
you've got to make your own way and make your own sort of cultural traditions. But one of the things we bang on, uh, Matt and I, yes. on this show um, is, is the fact that the past has a lot to inform us about. Yes. And especially when it comes to learning things that your ancestors cooked. Mm. And But it's kind of weird, Matt. Two things. One, it's important to regale and respect the past. But then we're always modifying things, aren't we? Things, yes. Nothing stays really fixed. Modify, modifying due to taste preferences and also maybe trends as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I've actually brought us in something for us to try. You've brought in food. I have brought in food. Not only am I showing off my bread of Big <laughs> Big Bertha, the super sourdough starter. Thanks to Steve again, yes. mate. Um, but I go back many years. Mm-hmm. My father was – I don't know if I've told you this, folks. Here's a little bit of a confession. My father was Canadian, mm-hmm. and um, he was sort of like Don Draper. In the fact that, uh, yeah, anyway, he was in advertising. My mother was Russian, a very mm. fabulous, passionate, powerful woman who uh, who cooked like a, a god and probably one of the reasons I'm here talking to you today is mm-hmm. because of the stuff that she put on the table, mm-hmm. the things we ate and drank together, the dinner parties that we had. I'll tell you a little secret. Mm. My mother... And her mother-in-law, Katie McIntosh, <laughs> didn't get on at all. And in fact, I think my, my grandmother might have called my mother at one stage that Russian bitch. <laughs> it's true. So, you know, it's like it's a little bit contra you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, it didn't get on too well. But there was one dish that my mum or my grandmother mm. um, demonstrated for my mum, which she took on. And it was just a very, very simple baked pasta dish, really, at its yep. core, yeah? Mm-hmm. And it was just known as the stuff. The stuff. The stuff. And it was sort of four layers of magnificence being you cook mince. Yeah. You, if you get fancy, you might put an onion in it. Mum put yep. garlic in it because she loved garlic, right? Yeah. That goes on the bottom. You cook then some pasta, usually spirali, which yep. is good at you know Spirals, trapping yep. all, all, the, all the juices. They're good in a pasta bake, They're yes. good in a pasta bake. And then you open up some tomatoes, whack those on top. Yep. And then just chuck the whole, what do you put on top, Matt? You put on cheese. Cheese. Lots of cheese, so that melts in. And we were saying, but it would have been in that era, it probably just would have been cheddar cheese. Absolutely. Just from the supermarket. Just get that, get in the grater. Get the grater out, whack yep. it in the oven, and it's a great meal. The crust was the best. Always. Always. And it was always best the next day. Oh, yes. I would agree with pasta, but yes. It just all comes together. I've been slowly refining this, and uh, I have in front of this um, the stuff, I don't know, we'll call it Mark III. Mm. <laughs> there we go. It's in a – there we go. That's the <laughs> Tupperware it's being open. container. Mm. I'm just going to hand this to you. Yes. There you go. Over the – very carefully over the equipment, yes. Yes. Very oh. good. Sorry, Beck. Uh, <laughs> What I've done is um, the uh, the base is, yes. has been modified. It is loaded up with more herbs. I it see has, carrots in there too. Yeah, there's a little brunoise of carrots. So you've gone kind of sofrito yeah. rather than just mince and onion. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. just to, to broaden out the flavour um, is um, has been, been done that way. And then there's uh, – I've also – instead of just um, tomatoes, you know, just – 
pieces of tomatoes. Yes. I've got the sort of like the sugo and put that on top. Yes. Uh, which is awesome. But then three cheeses now. <laughs> and that was really only because that was in the fridge. So I had some salted ricotta on the bottom. Yes. Some pecorino to give a bit of butchness. Yep. And then I put the cheddar on top because I know my mum would be looking down on me going, <laughs> where's the cheddar? Where's the cheese? Where's the cheese? But in a thing of uh, just to see how we've moved on, we were at Nikki Rima's restaurant, um, Bellotta. A couple of weeks ago. And uh, Pangrato, mm. which is an Italian way of saying breadcrumbs. Mm. Um, those are panko bread breadcrumbs on there. And it just adds, and also some more oregano in there as well. But it really does. A pangrattato, I think, is the word, is it not? Thank you, Matt. Yes. Thank I you. was trying Thank to you. say it, but I had a mouthful of food. So uh, at 12.21, we've really got to go to market soon. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. Mm-hmm. If you have recipes that your parents do or, you know, your relatives that's in your, your circle, mm-hmm. Either get them to write it down, write it down yourself Mm. so that these things can be kept, captured and passed on and hopefully refined. And also, I guess, if there's another thing with Mm. the cooler weather coming up, baked pasta's a beauty. It really is. It's so easy because it's all in one pot, really. Some really good vegetarian options too. Yes, there really, really is. Mm. So... um, I think maybe we'll leave it at that. The stuff, the stuff. Uh, is reborn. That's delicious. It's, That's really good. Oh yeah, I didn't even Simple ask meal. you. What would what, what, you think? It's delicious. It's it's got some depth too. Mm. It's uh, it's a nice thing, and uh, yeah, I don't know what my mum's uh, reply to was being called the Russian bitch, but uh, I know that they didn't get on <laughs> very well. And here we are, and this recipe, uh, God love them, has outlived them both. Indeed, it has, mm. and these things that will outlive us all, but. Um, the traditions of food and sharing of food hopefully remain part of what make us makes us as humans. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, are we all ready? We're all ready. All right, let's start. First of all, John, good morning. Good morning, Cameron. As usual, it's a lovely morning. You've stood out near the truck and the sun's out. Heaven again. It is heavenly. Yeah, I'm going to pull my mask down and be naughty. There we go. No, no, you're not, you don't have to wear it anymore. I know, I know. It's just, it's a funny thing that we're adaptable creatures and we're also creatures of habit. As homo sapiens. Especially Victorians. I, I always say to people, yeah. even if you weren't born in Victoria, you become a Victorian and you, you keep doing the same things. You buy the same veggies, the same amount every week because ah. you know you can go home and do something special. Oh, there you are doing food. I thought you were going to talk about us being enlightened about science and science method and all that sort of stuff. And We just go facts over flow. belief. We, we don't think too much about the science. All right, well, let's talk about... Autumn, because it's we coming. are we are hurtling towards it. You know, one thing that I thought of as I was driving in today, um, I come up Kingsway because, like you, um, I'm a Southsider, and I came up um, Kingsway and I turned up uh, Latrobe Street to come up here, which is just where the Flagstaff Gardens are. Yes, and I thought to myself, here we are at the end of February, 
and the leaves on the trees still look good. Yes. Underneath is green and yes, verdant yes. and beautiful. And we've we've had a really lovely, to me anyway, a really, really gentle, slow-ripening summer. Yes, I think so, because we didn't get any days over 40 degrees. No. Um, which, no, we didn't. Did we? Which, which sparks... Um, different uh, arguments in my house about global warming and so on so we won't go there. No, let's not go there. <laughs> so what we've got is mm. beautiful produce out of mm. it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, things like parsley that you've got there. Uh, vibrant colour, big bunch, a lot of leaves. Beautiful clean stalks which you can use in a stock or even a fry up or anything. Yep. Don't waste any of that because that's all edible. It's beautiful. I'm going to make a chimichurri out of this to go yeah, with that, a steak. That I sounds think. good. My nose is working. I can smell it. It's gorgeous. Mm. Your nose is working better than mine. <laughs> um, I went next door um, to uh, the Chen's Yes. Chinese, of course, who have, um, well, a lot of different lines, and they do a lot of fruit. And um, there's a fig here that looks really, really yeah, quite... This is a, a black fig. Yes. Um, it's a little bit... As long as an under. egg, but a lot a lot wider. A who? Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, it's a little bit under, so far as ripeness goes. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit under, because commercially figs... Commercial figs are picked a little bit greener, because they've got to travel. Because um, they could be the most fragile fruit... In the universe? Definitely, because okay. when you're picking them off the tree, oh. um, you leave them until they're ripe, and if you don't pull them off properly, they break open. No. So you have to eat it. You can't put it in a basket. No. That's my job. So my uncle... <laughs> and, and you have to fight the birds. And you have to fight the birds, because we've got a smaller um, green one, yes. and the rosellas come and um, sit in a tree, and sometimes they me on top of your head. And the leaves bouncing, hitting you, and they're not scared at all because no. they just love that sugar. No, and they they are fearless birds. It's the same as rainbow lorikeets. Who, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, they own who, the place. So. Who, are, who are bastards, really? It's, sort of, it's <laughs> like a motorcycle gang is ridden in, you know, like Marlon yeah, yeah, Brando you, you, and the. You get one distracts you, and even the cat. There's one distracting the cat, and and you know the others will be behind it picking up something they want. So yeah. they know what to do. Oh, they sure do. Now, what do you do with figs? Now, when they're green like this, we do not to be rude, but Anglo style, you cut them in half and chuck them in the pan and caramelise the face of the fig or um, in the grill or whatever. Style. Yeah, we don't do that. I don't mean to be rude, but... Ever? No. You haven't even tried it? I have, of course. Oh, I, right. I hey, try well, everything, but I let someone else do it for me. Uh, we, we like to eat them on the riper side. Yes. Um, a little bit of crusty bread and brisotto and a little bit of cheese and away you go, mate. It takes salt well, doesn't it? Because it's that that awesome thing of that sweet and salty thing, so... And, and I have to be uh, a realistic. I don't mind them done grilled and whatever. They do taste good. Ah, there we go. And also, did you say gorgonzola? Yeah, why not? Gorgonzola why not? goes well with it. Um, I've taken a liking to gorgonzola. never used to because some of the early stuff I try, tried smelled and tasted like smelly socks. So we found some nice Aussie stuff that's really nice. Okay, and a bit more neutral. And okay, a little bit more neutral. So um, I guess the thing, though, is that these fragile, beautiful globules of sugar and taste, they're so fleeting, and we're not going to see them again for another 12 months. So Yeah, well, see, a lot of people have planted them out in Shepparton, which is central Victoria, mm-hmm. and uh, they've got trees that they keep low so they don't have to go up ladders and, and they grow 
Um, maybe like a runner plant. Yeah, okay, so they... Um, uh, 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 it's sort of like a spalliate, but without the wall. Yeah. So they're yeah. Allowed, uh, more lateral, lateral. And a lot up in Queensland as well. So um, we can even get them in the middle of winter sometimes. Yes. They may be a little bit more expensive, but not a real lot. Okay. Because if they get big crops, they ship them down really quick. Yeah. And uh, away we go like everything else. All right. Well, I think this is this is one of the heroes. This is definitely got. a gift from God. This is a beautiful bunch of asparagus. That's got a, what about eight or nine? Oh, this one's got eleven. Whoa. Yeah. So these are straight out of the ground from Kuirup. That's a prime number. You realise that? Yes. That means that you, someone will always miss out because you can't divide it. When I'm like around, when I'm around, someone can miss out regardless of the <laughs> number. Oh well, yeah, you pull ranks. So you go, yeah, I get that extra one. Bring it over here. Now, but is that cooey rub? Yes, no, definitely. They are cooey rub. Um, this so is an big, out of season crop. Yeah, big, like, like big as my big index finger. finger. Yep, not as big as John's. Um, yeah, I got chubby fingers. Yeah. Uh, nice tight heads. Oh, these are a little bit more open than normal, but still very pristine. Very little white on them, so I keep telling everyone again, don't cut them off. It's like a broken record. Don't break them off. Just cut them off. Yes. Um, I took some home, and I'm hoping for a frittata because that's my downfall. Yes. But even steamed, they've been glorious. Um, and don't forget, they're good for you. They'll make your wee smell. Instantly. Instantly. <laughs> which means it's a good sign that your kidneys are working properly. Oh, good. Gets rid of all the rubbish in the system. And for so, me, for me, if um, I, I do like frittata, but one of the easiest ones is if you just steam them up so they're perfect, the best grana you've got, over the top, and a little bit of olive oil, and a little bit of pepper, and some crusty bread on the side. It's oh. glorious, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and even just How much? Uh, we're selling 20 Bond. a kilo. You can buy it cheaper, but these are pristine, so they're How worth the this, money. This budget? Uh, that, that's about $8 worth there. It's about 400 or so grams. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, even a brush with oil and under the grill, it's so quick. All you've got to do is soften them up a little bit. You don't have to cook them too long. Yeah, and they love eggs. They love oh, ham. They, they do, you know, they There's do, they just do. so much they do go with. And also on the side, um, with pretty much anything, you know, fish. Yeah. There's stuff. even a tag on it. It well, says... Full of dietary fibre, lowers cholesterol or helps lower cholesterol, vitamin C, um, guard against e. cancer, vitamin E, slowing the ageing process. Well, <laughs> I'm not too bad at that. I'm going to have a long life anyway. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, so get in there, get some of those. And don't forget the folate to, pre- to protect oh, against heart disease. I missed that one, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you, yes. got, you got all excited about, um, what was it? Living long. Yeah, living long. There we go. Yes. Um, grapes um, are in. This is um, very much as we're moving into autumn because we're getting to that autumn abundance. Well, that's got that autumn colour, hasn't it? It's got yeah. a beautiful golden greeny hue on it. Um, these grapes that you brought out have been picked about eight days. I've got grapes on the stand that have only been picked uh, two or three days mm. and the bunches um, have got beautiful green stems. But Can I say before you do, they're bags of sugar. They are. <laughs> and the older they get, they are more bags of sugar. And I, I um, had a lot fell off a couple of weeks ago and I took them home and cooked them up mm. in a pot, not the microwave this time. Oh, good. And it made a beautiful Gold and brown. explode in the microwave, wouldn't they? No, not really. Oh, you okay. could put a little bit of water. Oh, okay. And I made this beautiful jam, um, and it didn't make it, make it too thick, but we had it on ice cream. <laughs> Grape jam. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to try it. I'll yeah, no, no, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. That's, I'm you know, just going, yeah. And beautiful bread with real butter and, and the grape jam, the sugar and the butter, 
uh, it's salty, uh, a beautiful marriage. I'm holding my hand to my mouth going, oh, you're right. Yeah, oh, my God, yeah. that sounds divine. And that's something you don't really need to add any more spices or things. Just No, I just put a, the, grape. Um, the juice of one lemon mm. and um, six spoons of sugar. Normally, most jams are 50%. This, um, How much grapes are you starting off with? Just so give oh, this idea. was probably three kilo of grapes. Wow, okay. So, so six spoons of sugar was nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and then we've got the beautiful big black muscatels that have got a seed. Um, they haven't been in the fridge, so the sugars are still peaking. Wow. You know, sometimes you can put things in the fridge and the sugars sort of uh, disappear. Mm. So they're all natural. Um, people have been having a feast with them. I've got one guy who's going on a 10-day grape diet. Well, he'll eat grapes all day and that's it. I've, Cleanses I've the heard body. Of those. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that one. So, and this week's um, a good week, as Sammy How said. How is he doing that for? 10 days, I think. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. So Sammy was saying, well, there's no sauce tomatoes. What's going on? And we sold probably about 80 boxes of sauce tomatoes on Friday because this weekend's a weekend. And for me, I'm making mine tomorrow. If you haven't tuned into John much before, if you don't know, um, there's different types of tomatoes. And, of course, uh, the one that John's referring to is the Roma style or the paste tomato. Yeah. And its whole gig is it breaks down magnificent definitely i got lucky i got some summer sun that came out of shepparton mm. um we took 40 boxes home and then i had some beautiful big romas which we call king romas because they're just huge mm. thank you uh just give me a little ball of sugar here mm-hmm. um so yeah people are making sauce we got beautiful salad tomatoes got little crunchy ones we got big ones from doncaster and then we got all the heirlooms we got our Mini Romas on the truss back again. People have been busting me for them because they're crunchy and sweet. That's the number one, according to Sammy. Yeah. She's hoeing into them every time I see her, She's chewing on one. Yeah, right. Um, and then we got the uh, little cherry tomatoes on the truss. we got Rouge de Marmont. we got Black Russian. we got pink tomatoes. And we got some Magic Oxarts. Come out with this. Magic Oxarts? Whoa. Look pretty. Yeah. It's um, this got ridges like a, an Adelaide tomato, mm. um, but some of them look like more like a Roma. Yep. Um, when it's green like this, this is nice in a salad, a little bit of olive oil and oregano. But when they're real, real ripe, we make a pasta with it to die for. It's all sugar. Is that the one where you just grate the the, the uh, tomato into the sauce? Or no, nah, no, nah, we're telling you not Greek, mate. We just chuck them in and cook it down. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm just checking. Just There's no rules. You can you do it any way you like. You haven't jumped the fence or anything No, like no not yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we've been lucky. Green beans are back to normal. We've got beautiful hand-harvested beans, $10. You can buy a machine pick, 3 or $4. Mm-hmm. You cracked one in half before. Yeah. It's... Um, what can you call it? Translucent, like a jelly in the middle. It's not bad. It, I it's, reckon it's, it's, a, it's a good 8 out of 10. Yeah. Eight. It, it's, yeah. Well, everything got affected by the heat. Mm. For, for two or three weeks, the beans were breaking down quick because mm. they had hot, they had rain, they had humidity. So the poor buggers didn't know where they were going. So this is a new crop. That one's crunchy. Yeah. So light steam on them, not too much salt because um, they don't need much of anything, just a drop of olive oil on top. Mm. A little bit of garlic goes well too. Yep. And what else did you bring out? You, you had the little Doncaster tomatoes. Oh, and a cucumber. I just brought out a little cucumber. It's because, just so um, shiny. These are in such good nick. Uh, they've also got a little bit of stem at the end of it. I don't know whether that 
means much, but it, it looks, looks if sexy. The, if the stem is vibrant, mm. they're freshly picked. If it's a little bit wilted, well, they're a few days older. And actually, that's you mentioned that, but we should probably just circle back. Uh, when you buy your grapes, as well as assessing the actual fruit, one of the most important things we will tell you when it was harvested, how long it's been in storage, are the stems. Are the stems green and look pristine, or are they going brown and a little bit dry? That's true too. Yeah. Um, so we, that's just in your assessment of when you buy. Definitely. Uh, and those cucumbers, if you're old enough to remember, are a little bit like a um, Savaloy sausage. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Savaloy sausage. Ca- Cameron's getting distracted by some fruit. Yes. Um, yes. Um, yeah, no, they're nice and um, straight and very thick, not like a normal sausage. It's a big sausage. So that's what these cucumbers are like. Now, a lot of people look for the hard ones. There are some varieties that are soft, just as good as the hard ones, maybe even better. And you still got gherkins? Yeah, we've got Couple. gherkins. Um, I've had people come and buy boxes of them, and um, they go home and put them in a jar and enjoy them for the next year. Yep. We might have to do pick of the market, because yep. we're getting close to the 15-minute mark. Time flies when I talk to you, John. Yeah, definitely. Pick of the market. Yep. People have been buying half a red, half a savoy cabbage and carrots to make a beautiful coleslaw still. Love it. Um, even the peas, we had uh, beautiful peas that came out of one thaggy down south. Uh, they're nice and young and sweet. Some people are eating them raw. Yep. Uh, tomatoes, millions of tomatoes. Sweet corn, they've been running away. We've got the bicoloured corn or, or um, the beautiful yellow corn. Next week we'll have some white corn as well. Oh, good. Yeah, people yeah. have been jumping on them because yeah. they're all different. Some are softer than others, some are sweeter than others. Got crappy mangoes over there. Yeah, they're yeah, done. Yeah, um, done. Robbie's got some from... Um, Somewhere up north. Yeah, no, no, there's some from North Victoria. Honey gold. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, once KP are done, we, we, we move we're on. We're done. Both we move us. on. This is one thing where we actually agree on yeah. something. Yesterday I brought some beautiful brown pears across the road there. Mm. They're the hard variety. You eat them when they're crunchy. They're all sugar. When they get a little bit ripe, I tend to stew them and have them with ice cream or cream. Um, I still get naughty. And it, it is pretty amazing, though, when you can get a Williams pear um, and you just get it at that perfect moment, which, which I reckon in the ripening process only lasts for about three quarters of an hour. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yes, yes, I agree. You've got to be so lucky to catch. But a, a pear, a, just a simple pear when it's perfect is such a profound, It is, really because um, the sugars are there, and when you oh. eat it, you can remember it. And, and the now, aroma. Yeah, and the aroma. That's oh. another thing as well. And there's an abundance of apples. And that's another good thing with Gorgonzola. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Uh, and bananas, uh, two bucks a kilo. Cheap as. Come to the market. Don't go to the supermarket. Yeah, there's beautiful oranges. There's uh, um, pomegranates there. Not my favourite, but my mum loves them. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people do. They put them in a salad. I heard you telling someone about it before. Well, someone was saying they're, they're going to leg a lamb that they're going to do a slow braise. She yeah, might actually be yeah, listening too. Very good. And, very uh, good. you know, that's that Middle Eastern influence. It's a little yeah. bit a little bit too far around the Mediterranean for John. Oh, I don't know about that hey. because we're lucky we've been touched by all cuisines. <laughs> oh, I thought you'd be touched by all invaders. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's, that's more the Greeks. <laughs> that too. Ephalonica. Oh, my God. Look what happened to those guys. Anyway. Yeah. We um, uh, let's finish this off. Uh, yeah.
It's all looking good. Uh, definitely looking we good. We are in an amazing space. <laughs> We've got La Dolce Vita. We're laughing. Yeah. Oh, what's for dinner tonight? Uh, quick pasta tonight. Tomorrow we're going to have a big day, so tomorrow we might even light the barbie while we're doing our sauce. Yes. But um, tonight it'll be quickie. By the time I get home, it'll be 6 o'clock. You're in the good books with Frank. Who's she going to do your frittata? Look, good books or not, she always looks after me. Oh, God she love She cooks you. up a storm. God love you. God love Franca. Yeah. All right, we'll say a big cheerio oh, well, to her. And we'll see you soon, John, as All always. Right. Thank you. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. Stephen, <laughs> are you there, mate? Yes, yes, I am here. Hey. Sorry about that. No, that was, that was our fault. We'll take yes. Should we take the blame? <laughs> it's man? all our fault. That's yeah, fine. it's all us. It was all us. It's not you, it's um, us. But, you, um, you guys owe me a drink, obviously. That's all right. No, well, maybe we've drunk too much. <laughs> Luckily, I am <laughs> left-handed, so if I talk left-handed, you know, that's, that's kind of all right. But uh, you, as a neighbour, I thought we should uh, reach out to you. Um, you've already got a little bit of traction. My God, I think I saw something in the age this morning. Yeah, yeah, we've had a little bit of uh, a bit of a you know kind of a hubbub going about it. We didn't think it was going to be such a big thing, but obviously there's a massive need in the market for for what we're proposing to do. So yeah, we're really excited about the fact that that's kind of kicking on. Timing is everything, you know. If you would have done this uh, five, ten years ago, you would have just been laughed at and poo pooed, and uh, and we might have played the pub with no beer before we came to talk to you. But that would have been obvious, and we're not going to do that. But what was the Idea? How long have you had this idea of uh, reducing the amount or taking away completely the amount of alcohol, but making things delicious? Um, look, I, you know, I wouldn't say it was really uh, something unique to us. I think we've all had those moments in our lives, whether it's recently or you know further back when there was a bit of you know a bit more stigma about it. Everyone wants to be able to enjoy themselves mm-hmm. uh, and not feel left out. Um, in reality, it kind of crystallised for us in 2017. Yes, um, as you mentioned, we're neighbours, but we also have some very close neighbours here that. Uh, we became good friends with and you know as one thing leads to another we started watching Game of Thrones together we started having dinner together we started even getting making our own homebrew and wine and and even kind of progressing on to some some gin and we'd have our own little cocktail evenings and you know it was really within those evenings what we found was as soon as someone wasn't drinking for whatever reason in in our instance you would would uh, throw stones at them well, exactly, and we we got kind of bored and tired of that. So we wanted beat them to, with sticks and tell them to go to another suburb. No, yeah, I'm being, well, I'm being I mean, stupid. Sorry. I, I'm, I exactly. Well, no, they had they had to come home, didn't they? And uh, obviously, we wanted to make them feel welcome when we mm. tired of throwing stones at them. So, yes. you know, our 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 answer was, you know, well, why don't we why don't we see if we can make the same kind of delicious flavors and, and you know aromas and fragrances uh, without the alcohol? Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I suppose what we realised was. Uh, we sat around and said, when was the last time someone said, hey, you've, you've got to taste this, the, the alcohol tastes amazing in it. Um, you know, it's, it's mm. never never been heard in my life. I'm not sure when the last time you said that, Cam. Um, oh, no, I'll just go no. No. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, you know, obviously for us, we realised it is in all the flavours and, and they've kind of, in many respects, got nothing to do with the alcohol, obviously, um, if you know a bit about uh, distilling, as I know you do, it makes life easy to extract aromatics with ethanol. Um, so we do have, or we did have a bit yeah, of, that's a its, of time. That's its gig, cre- isn't it, really, in a big way? 
hundred percent. Yeah, whether mm. it's from fragrances to, to yep. spirits, it is a very great. You know, it's a fantastic solvent. Yes. We want to get technical, and and we did get technical. I'm an engineer, so I, like I ended up building our spills. Um, one of our neighbours, Cam, who's one of our co-founders, he's a he's a scientist, Dr. Hunt uh, by day. You know, he works at the Florey Institute and you know solves everything from Alzheimer's to you know uh, cancers and things like that. So. Yeah. For us, we kind of did get quite technical into it, um, and we've ended up developing a process where we can extract all of those kind of delicious aromatics, but without the alcohol. Wow. And we actually, I'm just trying to think, we met a while ago, didn't, uh, it was about a year ago. Actually, it's got to be more than a year ago, because we were all together, and (laughs) I was entertaining a trade delegation from overseas, so yes, that would have been a while ago, but we ended up at... uh, uh, how do we call it, the, the Jeff Kennett's Eagle's Nest up there at uh, Collins Street where we were able to just go, here is Melbourne and it's great. And you were showing off then some of your products, were you not? Yeah, absolutely. Certainly for, for us, this is something that's not just uh, obviously of interest to, to people locally. Hmm. Um, we've had uh, significant interest from overseas. You know, one of the, you know, we're not the only people doing this. There's some other people in the market. And uh, how we differ is that we have absolutely no alcohol because we've created this new process. Some of our competitors make some amazing products, but they'll, you know, extract the alcohol out of uh, gin or they'll make it with a concentrate. And that's, you know, something that kind of very much differs. And so, you know, we actually have a halal certified product. So we're, we're retailing in, in the Middle East already because that's a you know, big market. Big really market. In, oh, my God. You, know, you can crack that one. Bring, well, exactly. You know, it's, it's difficult. Obviously, we had to go through a long process to, to you know, make sure they were comfortable that there was no alcohol because they kind of couldn't believe it. Um, uh, we, you know, took them through the whole thing. And, and so we're really, you know, very much trying to include people wherever they come from, whatever they're doing. It's about sitting down around a table. I mean, you know, as, as well as anyone else, the, the most amazing thing is when you can share something delicious with a friend or a family member and see their eyes light up. And, you know, it's such a conversation starter. It's, you know, why should they miss out? Yeah, and so tell us a little bit um, in the last sort of four minutes that we've got together about uh, this venue that you're going to be opening up where people can flock together and, uh, and walk out and not stagger out. Absolutely. Well, look, certainly for us over the journey, you know, even even since we met last year, what we found is there's a lot of people that, you know, really want these drinks. They want to be able to enjoy themselves and, and not feel the need to put alcohol in there. Mm. But there's like a hesitation. You know, people come familiar. There's obviously the stigma. There's all the old jokes. And so, you know, it's kind of difficult to, to break into that you know that area what do i do with a drink what should it taste like how can i make something delicious for my friends and family and so you know when covid hit and we were obviously struggling to get out there Mm. we decided well why don't we kind of invest in a place where people can come and can try and and we can educate them not only about the drinks they're tasting but about the process of how we make our sapir which is what we call our non-alcoholic spirits um, uh, you know, and teach them, do cocktail classes. We're hoping it's, you know, there's as much education in non-alcoholic as there is, you know, drinking and having a good time. Where is this place and when do you intend on opening it? So 124 Western Street. We're uh, snuggled in between Market Lane Coffee and, and Temple Brewing, which is fantastic. Oh, nice. It's, you know, 50 yards away from... Well, what was the, the address again? 124? 124 Western. Western. Oh, in Brunswick East, uh, and we're hoping to have it open and have our first guest, including yourself, hopefully. Mm. Uh, late I'd love April. to. I'd love to. Might even be able to get Matt there, although it is over the river. <laughs> yeah, difficult to, to drive people either either way, but hopefully, oh, uh, not always, it'll be not always. Enough. 
Um, well, look, I think it, it sounds like a really a great thing. And, of course, you're working in um, collaboration uh, with your fiancé, Diana. Indeed, yes. She's actually eight months pregnant at the moment, so she's very oh, much an advocate of uh, thank you. Um, you know, we're expecting in March, and you know, it's been something for her. Obviously, she was kind of dreading, uh, or prior to us, you know, starting Brunswick Aces, she'd been yes. dreading you know, occasions like this where she felt like she couldn't join in and, and couldn't be a part of you know, a celebration or whatever it was, even just a dinner. But now, you know, people come over and they're looking for that. They say, "Hey, Diana, what, you know, what cocktails are you going to make for us today?" Because you know, they might also not want to drink, and previously. They'd felt that they kind of had to, but now there's a there's a great great reason not to. Yeah, and look, before we do actually go, Stephen, you said you wanted to do a little bit of a shout out for future collaborations because uh, we are seeing some of the the major brewers who are bringing out zero uh, alcohol beer. Uh, we have the great uh, packaged um, flavor bomb experiences of non uh, drinks, uh, and that's a brand, of course. But uh, you wanted people to get in touch with you, that if uh, uh, they were going down this path, that it'd be great to do a collaboration. You wanted to stock their things in your bar. Was that correct? Absolutely. Our bar's not just about our products. It's about all of the amazing options, whether it be the, the non-alcoholic beers or, or the wines, like you know, people like Non, uh, particularly for, for local, smaller businesses that don't have the massive marketing budgets. Yeah. You know, we know they'll be going through the same problems that we have, which is getting liquid on lips, as they say in the trade, getting people to try it, because we know when they try it, they love it. And so if we can help them by you know, being a place where people can come and try not just a non-alc cocktail, but a non-alc beer or a non-alc wine, uh, and realise how great they are and, and, you know, take them away, then, then that would be fantastic. All right, we've been speaking to Stephen Lawrence. He's from Brunswick Aces Gin Distillery. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 